0: Hey there, welcome back to The Champion Within. I'm Jason Agosta and we speak to fascinating people with inspiring stories. And today I'm talking with Erin Ferguson, who is a cyclist and has undertaken her Everesting challenge. Erin is the feature of episode 6 of this series and described her challenge riding the equivalent vertical height of Mount Everest being 8,848 metres in one ride. Everesting has become a global phenomenon amongst cyclists and Erin gives her insights to completing her Everesting ride. (laughs) There she is, Erin Ferguson, Everester. And Uh, you're in one piece, I assume. I
1: am, I am. I'm definitely
0: one piece. What I really want to know is afterwards of riding for how many hours was it?
1: It was 19 hours moving time, but right. about
0: 21 hours all up. Right. So 21 hours of out in the in the blackness, the cold and up and down a hill. But what yeah. I really want to know is to start off is afterwards, was it just like collapse in a heap and just like, I'm so over this bike?
1: So, no, I wasn't over <laughs> the bike. Um, I, I think I got to the top and I was like, that's enough. And then... I said, oh, I've just got to, I'm sorry, guys. I gave everyone a hug and I was like, I've just got to get in the car. And I just sat in the car and um, had my helmet and my glasses on still in the front seat. And he was like, I didn't have the heart to tell you to take them off because you just looked so sad. Oh, were you just a bit delirious? <laughs> I was exhausted. I was, yeah. I've, you know, I've never ridden that long before. So yeah. I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. I'd done 13 hours on the bike in the past. So I, I wasn't really sure what was to happen beyond that yeah. point. But, yeah, it, it's pretty safe to say like it gets it gets pretty hard. Like yeah. you, you don't really feel your body starting to sort of break down in like sort of a <laughs> cascading way where like <laughs> things start to go wrong and then they don't improve but other things start to go wrong as well. So I think yeah, you're, like, you're really running on whatever's left. Four, four days out I got right. a cold. Yeah. And I was not feeling great. And then, you know, sort of I was like I was always really touch and go whether I sort of pushed it off a week um, Mm. or whether I just sort of pushed through. And I got to Wednesday morning and I just sort of went for a bunch ride and I thought, look, the day was looking really good. The Friday was looking really good. And I thought, you know what, I don't feel awful, but I think it would be better bringing, say, 90% of me to the perfect day than bringing the perfect me to an unknown the week after. Yeah, and and that's not to say that, you know, so I was like, on Wednesday morning, I was like, I'm just going to do it. And if I get into the start, I'm going to know really early on whether I'm like falling off because I'm mm-hmm. still quite sick. You know, I thought, let's, let's go. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> Away we went and went and went until it's... quarter past one in the morning. <laughs> yeah,
0: I saw that, yeah. So how did you feel yourself as soon as you started? I mean we spoke about, you know, being a little bit anxious and things like that, but you we know that when you start your run or you start your ride, everything sort of just comes together.
1: I look, I never I didn't ever feel as comfortable as I did when I went and did a training run a few weeks ago. Now that could just be, you know, the the fact that I had a bit of a cold. I guess I must have got into a bit of a groove. You know, I you try to cut the maths so many different ways. So you know, you're like, all right, well right, I'm going to break it into thirds. Gonna so get through the first three, and then you know, then I've just got to get through the second three. And, yeah. and so you start, you know, you then you're like, you get to the point where you're like, well, in one more lap, I've only got one lap until I'm at this point. Yes. You know, like okay. it's all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And just telling yourself to get yeah. through it, and you just, I mean, it seems to be. You know, I'm not an expert in this. There are people who've done plenty of them, but it seems to be just a matter of just t- ticking off the numbers and. Mm. I was very grateful that each lap was more than ten percent of the whole thing. Because some people do these and they're you know two hundred plus laps of something, and I just yeah. don't know how. I was so grateful. I was like, you know what? I know this road to the millimeter now. Yeah, you
0: said that. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm. I'm just grateful that I can sort of just keep on top of the 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 knowledge of it. Like even when yeah. it gets really hard. The only thing you don't know is yourself, in mm. some ways, um, because the road's the same every time you do it. I
0: find you just sort of was sinking into a rhythm, just tapping it out, and that sort of beautiful rhythm that comes with that, and a bit meditative. Do you sort of put yourself in that place, or it was just like, did it feel like it was just a constant push?
1: So lucky, and and one of the things that I spoke with you about last time was I was say, remember saying I'm preparing to do this alone, and anyone that comes along is a real bonus. Yes, I rode. With one lap on my own in the whole day, so um, and that was you know a pretty early on lap, so it, it was fine. I was like, oh, I can just do this, and and that was actually probably the hardest lap of the day because I sort of got in my own head a little bit more then. I was you know, Okay, time for sort of self reflection. But every other lap, I just had in what with, way?
0: Tell me what that was about.
1: That lap, I was sort of that. I think that lap was the third lap, and that was the one where I sort of said was the cutoff for if I'm feeling sick. Yeah. This is where I'll pull the pin. Yeah. Um, so there was probably that level of me being like, oh, look, maybe maybe I don't feel great or whatever. Um, but if I get beyond this, you know, it's me actually just failing because I haven't made the distance rather than pulling out because I'm not well enough to do it. So I think that had become yeah. like a rip line in okay. the sand moment for me. As far as a rhythm, other than that one lap, I just had people to chat with. So many good friends who turned up and like rode a lap. Or up, you know, some of them rode three laps, which I was like, that's, right. that's a big commitment for people who haven't been training for this for months. My partner and I had done the eight lap together and when we got down to the base, we're like, okay, last lap, let's go. In between the cars and five of us on the bikes for the last lap. Like that. Like I was, yeah, exactly. was funny because all I could think about all week afterwards was saying to you, like, I'm preparing to do this on my own. And the reflection piece for me is that I absolutely wouldn't have got it through it without the people around me.
0: If we go back to those times, do you think that having all those people there sort of helped with just dealing with the pressure of it?
1: Yeah, I think so. It was yeah. a distraction. More yes. than like getting into a rhythm, having someone there is a distraction. You're ready to do it in silence and then suddenly you get to do something with conversation.
0: On that, on that point, before I forget, sorry, I know what I was going to say to you was, um, have you realised that this, I mean, this is a big deal sort of athletically. It's a huge challenge. It's also massive for the people around you, which you probably realise now that it was like, you know, you've ventured off into this huge challenge but you've sort of brought so many people along for the ride, literally, and people yeah. sort of get swept up in that. And from the outside, and maybe not from where you sit now, but from the outside, it, it seems like such a huge thing. And maybe you've captured that a little bit with the people
1: around you. There's definitely that that element of, you know, the further you Go down the rabbit hole in a sport like cycling, you come across people who are so impressive in in their accolades and the things that they've done and experienced that you always feel like, oh, you know, little old me. Little old you. You (laughs) keep saying that
0: last time. He's like, little old me. I'm just so ordinary. And then, like, here you are, just knocked out like 20 hours of riding or something. You seem to have this hidden determination and depth that you can sort of pull out or draw on, you seem to, to, you give that vibe that you've got this depth within yourself. I'm assuming above all other events or other rides that you've done, this one has probably made you draw upon, you know, the depths within you more than any other. Would that be right?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: And so what did you, tell me on that thought though, of drawing deep, what did you feel? And do you remember like anything, uh, time that there was specific thoughts
1: it's funny because the thinking time for me wasn't so much on the day i didn't look at any like I, with a bike computer all i was looking at was just like the black line on the screen i was yeah perfect and that was simplified it to the max. only thing that i cared about yeah and but um at the end of it you know i wanted to be like have this sort of excitement but i was just like oh, i just gotta get in the car Like i just gotta go home
0: yeah, just, just completely drained.
1: Yeah. I was like, thank, emotionally, thank you emotionally, physically for coming. <laughs> so I just got in the car part in the car with my partner. And I was like, Are you proud of me? <laughs> and he was like, Yeah. And I was like, Cool. I'm proud of me too. And that was sort of <laughs> that was kind of it. I just went home.
0: And straight I to bed.
1: Anything else? I wanted I was like, I just want to have a shower. Yeah. I just want to get out of this kit and I want to have a shower and I want to
0: go to bed. You just came across like you, ha- you have all the qualities and very focused and super intelligent with yourself and, you know, you've looked within a fair bit and you do that with hours of exercise. Like there was no doubt.
1: Yeah. Like, you
0: are going to hit this.
1: And that's, all the people that's that have met you it. Like, of course you were going to make it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, they must, I don't know. I'm like either I talk the talk <laughs> <laughs> or or there was something that people were able to pick up you know personally it's a challenge i've seen people do and you know I always wondered you know, is it something that i could do like do i have that in me but i wasn't i wouldn't say i was overly motivated to do it prior to um sort of earlier this year when i oh earlier this year when i started thinking about it as right. a thing and I ruminated on it for a couple months, and then sort of pulled the pin in about May and said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it yeah, a crack." Perfect. But the other thing that worries me is one thing I, I I don't like to advertise when I'm doing something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, unless it's something I know, like but
0: you're so well known in the cycling scene, people know.
1: You know, if I was, I, I felt really uncomfortable saying that I was doing it.
0: I think I said to you, I can see that the descending would be so crucial and it's not rest time. It's complete focus. And you're in the dark as well in some of this. So how was that part of it? Because that was the part I was sort of more concerned about from risks and just staying in absolute control. What was that like for you?
1: So it wasn't too bad but the last descent you're right like it takes a huge toll on your body and i was finding especially when you're trying to go a bit slower you're obviously spending more time on, on the brakes which means that a lot more weight comes through the shoulders and your hands yeah, yeah so for the second last lap i was like i was in so much pain like i couldn't you're supposed to get down in the drops because it makes the handling of the bike a lot better and um you're a bit more aerodynamic so you move a bit faster but also you've just got better control of the bike yeah um, but my shoulders and my back were in so much pain that I couldn't even get down okay. in the drop. I had to descend like upright, um, which was fun. Like it was, it was fine. It was okay, but it was definitely very uncomfortable. I was grateful I didn't have to do it a second time.
0: Sure, someone's going to ask you, like, how hard was it? Like, tell me how hard was it? Like, can you describe the pressure? Or the difficulty of this?
1: Like the first six laps, I was like, this is pretty tedious. And then you hit that point where you're like, now I'm really, now I'm doing it. Right. This Um, is within you or your legs? Oh, probably everything, really. Like by the end of it. I said, everything hurts equally. Yeah. Like there wasn't a part of me that wasn't in pain. Mm-hmm. But fortunately it was no like, oh, my knee's gone or something's gone. Sure. Like, every, everything hurt just about the same, but there wasn't there wasn't a millimetre spared. <laughs> and the, actually the hardest thing for the days after wasn't even my legs, it was my mouth. I had to drink constantly to try it. I was drinking so much, and this is probably the cold more than anything yeah. that was and I couldn't taste anything. Like it was just chaos in my mouth. Yeah, okay. It so but that was probably the thing that affected me most in the sort of two to afterwards. three days afterwards.
0: They should call it everything Plus when you uh go over 8,848 metres because I think it was 9,000 or something, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, but you want the buffer in there. I know, yeah. You don't want to, yeah, don't want to finish it. it and then check <laughs> and it's You've
0: your distance Yeah. <laughs> so you touched on afterwards. The next day or two is from a recovery point of view, which I think I touched on, is um, that not only are you going to be like just emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted, but just to replenish, I mean, how much of that did you feel like this is like crucial just to get whatever I can in and, and fill up again? Did it feel like that after, you know, 19 hours?
1: You know, not as much as it's even felt today after yeah. a ride I did yesterday not the right ride to do as my first ride back right okay but, um I didn't hit the like I'm starving but I ate a lot as as much as I could during the day yeah. um and I was almost at the point where I was like I just never want to look at food again like I'm so overeating and I'm so over drinking that I didn't really have that like frantic starvation yeah um, that's good so you can get after some rides and that's yeah. not a great feeling but It usually means you've done something wrong on the day. The Mm. next day, next couple of days, I didn't do it too much at all. I just sort of sat around and walked into town a couple of times. Like I find walking is really important for my recovery.
0: Yeah. Um, No riding?
1: Not for two days. I got out on the mountain bike on the Monday for like an hour and just kind of um, and and more just nice to be back on the bike. But Mm. I just wanted real food again. I was like, I don't want to look at gels. I don't want to look at all this stuff for a little while. Lot of sleep. I slept so much.
0: You've just mentioned you went for a ride and you're wasted. Is that because you think you've just done too much after the huge effort?
1: Like how much I can attribute to still being fatigued from the week before, and how much I can attribute to what yesterday was anyway, which was this. um, But it had three and a half thousand meters of climbing in it anyway. And it was just this, it was just the biggest hack I've had on the bike in so long. Right. Okay. And yeah so I was like I was I was couldn't believe it. I was my legs aren't working nothing's yeah. coming, my brain's not working nothing's nothing was coming to the party.
0: Yeah so go um, back to what you said before about running a marathon and things like we would normally say it takes 4 to 6 to get over it properly yeah, instead of carrying right. carrying <laughs> the, the deep seated fatigue and here you are I've done your 19 20 hours or whatever it is and 9000 vert. On your bike, and nine days later, you're going for three and a half thousand.
1: I a three and a half, yeah. It, mean, wasn't, it wasn't a good idea. I don't. I think think you should was, ring
0: your coach. I think you,
1: he did say to me like, "You'll oh, probably feel pretty bad at that," and I was like, "No, I'll be fine."
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely right. It does no. take quite a bit of time. And it's
0: an interesting thing to bring up because what we've seen athletically is the people who do get back into their activity too soon. And they try to keep pushing and try to keep pushing because they're tired and have this deep seated fatigue that it just takes forever to get it back. That sharpness and that hacking, say, the ability just to push yourself again. And yeah. It seems like people carry this for months. And I've seen people like absolutely just go off on the slippery slope and never really get it back because they just keep pushing. But this <laughs> is part of the recovery as well, isn't it? Just you emotionally. Just
1: yeah. becoming
0: a bit more centred again and who you are, and it carries on for a little bit. Yeah,
1: I've got plenty of stuff that I want to do though. Like I've got a whole list of things because obviously, when you're focusing on one thing, it's very hard to sort of deviate from the plan.
0: So this might be too soon, but what's it feel for you having accomplished this?
1: I'm just so relieved. Oh, that's like, nicer. Huh? Yeah, uh, and it's a great feeling, like to feel it really genuinely it's personal. Yeah, you're like, gee, that was that was big. And I've never worked so hard for so long for one thing. Yeah. Um, so to do that and then get it.
0: I was like You touched on um a few things there. And one of them was the logistics of clothing. Because you said that was a big deal. Yeah. It's gonna be, you know, light and dark and cold and how'd you go with all that? Because I imagine that was like pretty taxing and like a lot went into that.
1: That was a lot, actually. It was a lot of energy had to go into, like, yeah. you, you had not just the right clothing for the bottom, but the right clothing for the top. Mm. And sometimes the top was colder than the bottom, and sometimes it wasn't. So, like, you'd get to the top and it was warm, and then you get back down and you were freezing. So it was, it's quite a strange kind of microclimate there. So the, the low temperature was two, which is great. Right. um i didn't want it to go below zero because then obviously you have to start thinking about things like ice on the roads especially if there's a little bit of if there was shower or something um but the top was 32 so th- you had to be basically dressed for a 30 degree difference okay. in temperature so right. constantly trying to err on just being a little bit too warm
0: because
1: mm. I, I never wanted to get fall behind with temperature and then feel cold because it's always really hard, oh, to, hard to get back. Being warm again yeah so like be a little bit on the warm side because it's fine. You can just drink more. But if you get cold, you're going to be in a really bad place. So yeah. so
0: in summary, what have you done? The number of hours of riding was 19. Moving yeah. time was 19. Yeah. The vertical height was that, nine thousand
1: two hundred.
0: 200. Don't forget 200. 308K. Okay. That's huge.
1: Yeah. It's the biggest ride I've done, by. Well done. 60K or something. So,
0: so look, as I said, you've brought so many people along with you. Everyone will be so happy for you. And I know it's a huge personal thing that's quietly just sitting there, probably hasn't, you know, resonated with you yet, but it's huge and it's amazing.
1: And I think probably so happy for you. Thank you. I mean, I am happy for me too. And I think, but I think like all sports people are the same where they're constantly looking for like, what's next? Okay, I've done that now. So, what's next? We don't, we're not great at sitting down and kind of yeah. sipping with it the other thing is like getting on the bike and training every day has become like brushing your teeth like it's just mm. something you have to do every single day otherwise you lose your mind and so not doing that i'm really that's actually one of the things i'm really struggling with right like well that's routine whatever. and discipline though isn't it yeah I finish that. work and i'm like oh it's time to get on the bike and i'm like don't don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, well, and that's. It's really, really hard because I would recovery really to get back on and like yeah. keep going. And I would, you know, but I'm like, don't do it. You need to, you need to take a step back and, and like, recover well. Back.
0: But, but it's interesting, isn't it? You've got to be so like strong within yourself with doing the easy things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, we're, that's we're really equally is important. You <laughs> people were terrible to ourselves.
0: Hey, thanks for leading me into your world during this challenge and thanks for your time. It was just amazing to sort of follow you through this and and, and also meet you and learn about you. Thank you. Yeah, for right. sure. thanks for listening to The Champion Within and Erin Ferguson who completed her Everesting Challenge. 308 kilometers on the bike with 9,200 meters vertical by riding nine laps of mount buffalo here in victoria an amazing effort and incredible challenge a great insight to it all and erin herself inspiring for anyone who's considering a personal challenge you can find the links in the show notes and you can follow and support this show as well thanks for listening and i'll be with you